0: 46 to 52, Jesus heals the blind Bartimaeus, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word.
1: I'm always reminded, this is kind of off topic, but it's a, cute story so I'll I'll share it. I have a niece named Mia and when Mia was about four or five she was introduced uh, to Mr. Magoo, the cartoon and she really took to it. She loved Mr. Magoo and she was talking one time we were hanging out and she was telling me about Mr. Magoo and I said Mr. Magoo is really funny. She said oh he's so funny. She said do you know that he's blind? And he can't see anything (laughs) neither. This is so cute. When we come to this passage, and it's right on the heels of verse 45 of the 10th chapter of Mark. And if if somebody was to ask us, what's Mark all about? What's the gospel of Mark? What's Mark's main focus? What is he trying to get across? It really is, is in verse 45. This is what Mark is trying to tell his readers and his hearers. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, if verse 45 serves as the big idea of the Gospel of Mark, then the passage of Scripture that we are at this morning serves as the universal example or summary or illustration of. As to what that looks like and who it is that he came to serve and to die for. We meet in this passage of Scripture Bartimaeus. Bar- Bartimaeus is a poor beggar, he is somebody who owns nothing to speak of. A cloak is his only real, true possession. His cloak is something that would keep him warm at night, certainly, and also there was a good chance that he would take his cloak and fold it up and use it to sit on as he sat in the gutter, roadside gutter, to beg for the passers-by. And we think of beggars today, and we kind of associate that maybe with drug addiction or alcoholism or severe mental illness or something of the like, but that's not Bartimaeus' story. He's not in the gutter begging poor because of any of these things. He's in the gutter and he's poor and he's begging because he's blind. He's blind. He has no way to provide for himself. This is his only shot, is to reach out and to beg the passersby to try to sustain his life the best that he can. There's no doubt the Bartimaeus would have tried everything at his disposal to fix his condition. I mean, there's no doubt. If I was blind in that time period, there, is no, there was no shortage of snake oil salesmen. There was all kinds of different gimmicks and superstitions and all kinds of stuff that people would come along to try to sell to people on this condition and certainly I would have signed up for all of it anything anything to improve my condition and yet here he remains blind all the world has to offer bartimaeus ends up utterly short he remains blind everything that bartimaeus can do for himself in his condition ends up utterly short here bartimaeus is a man who is destined to live out his life blind and poor he will enter into death, blind and poor. That morning probably started out, like many mornings, he woke up for wherever it was that he was able to crouch down and find some shelter for that night, puts on his cloak or secures his cloak from the morning chill, Maybe he goes around through the marketplace, seeing if he can just scramble up maybe just a, a half of a loaf of bread or something to put into his belly. As he heads over to the roadside there in Jericho. This is actually prime season for the beggar. Because the Passover is about to begin. And Jericho is a road, The Jericho has this road that leads right over to Jerusalem, and so there would be many people during this time of the year taking this road, many, many travelers with all of their wares. This was a many day tra- travel for many people, and so they would have had all these things. And so he, he gets to, the, to that gutter and he maybe takes, he puts it down next to the gutter and he begins to beg all these people that are coming through. But then he hears a commotion. You know, if you're blind, you, have, you lack one of the senses, your other senses go up. And so he senses a shift in the energy. It's a little bit different than just the commotion of travel. There seems to be this excitement that's taking place. And, and, and it gets louder, and the people get louder, and the energy gets louder. And he wonders what's going on. He can't see what's going on. And so he begins to ask people, what's going on? And the people replied to him, Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by. Now, Bartimaeus would have heard, no doubt, stories of Jesus. Jesus' fame is everywhere by this point. And he didn't just hear these stories. Being blind, being an outcast, he wasn't very distracted with. Dull conversation or things that he had to do. He had a lot of time to sit and think. And he begins to ponder the stories that he's hearing of this Nazarene named Jesus. And he's matching it up to the Old Testament Scripture and the prophecy that he, no doubt, would have heard preached over and over. The familiarity he would have had with Isaiah and the the Old Testament prophets. And he thinks maybe this man is the Messiah. Maybe this is the Messiah. You can almost picture him even just almost afraid to think that maybe this is the Messiah. Or maybe he's thinking about maybe he's thinking about Isaiah 35, 5. I mean, imagine if you're blind and, and somebody preaches to you Isaiah thirty-five five and he's talking about the messianic age when the Messiah comes. This is what it'll be like. And it says that the eyes of the blind shall open, be opened, and the ears of the deaf, un, deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Or maybe he's thinking about Isaiah forty two, sixteen, and I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know in the paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, in rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. He hears that the Nazarene is there. And now's his chance. You see, because he's in Jericho, there is no possible way for a blind man to make that journey to Jesus, who did the majority of his missionary work in the Galilee region. But he is here. And not only is he here, he's almost gone. He's exiting. He's already passed by. And so out of desperation, he screams out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the scripture, the Greek scripture indicates that he didn't just say that once. He repeatedly said that over and over and over. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And we learn something about Bartimaeus in that statement alone that what Bartimaeus lacked in physical sight, he more than made up for in insight. Because that title was not Jesus the Nazarene, Jesus the Na- of Nazareth. No, it was Jesus, son of David, the Messiah. He calls out for all to hear in public, Messiah. And the crowd is like, "What is? What are you doing? Shut up, beggar!" You're causing a scene, you're embarrassing us, you're embarrassing yourself. Quiet down, you just sit there, relax. But this is his only shot, and so he cries as loud as he possibly can. Stop and hear it, hear this man cry out to Jesus, the son of David, for mercy. Over and over, he will not be silenced. The desperation of this man is something that we should all relate to. This moment right here and Jesus' reaction to Bartimaeus every one of our lives him, on if Jesus continues to walk, if Jesus ignores Bartimaeus, then what hope is there for you and I? Bartimaeus is me. Bartimaeus is you. Bartimaeus is mankind. This is the true plight, the true difficulty, the real fall of man. That we walk blind. We have just spent weeks and week over a year witnessing miracle after miracle. They point to Jesus as the Messiah, men who can see as clear as day, 2020 20, physical vision and yet, multiple times, Mark tells us, they have conversations and arguments and debates on who is. This Jesus. There was at one point in time in, life, in my life, and in your life, I'm sure, where the name Jesus Christ meant very little or nothing to you. Or maybe the name Jesus Christ just annoyed you. You probably couldn't even tell you why it annoyed you. It just annoyed you. You saw no beauty. Have you ever tried to read the Bible before you were a Christian? Why would anybody read this? I saw nothing in the Scripture. Blind. Completely blind. And so poor. So poor. Mankind is desperate for Jesus Christ. Just as desperate as Bartimaeus. Praise God for His mercy. Because Jesus Christ stopped. Look at that in verse 49. And Jesus stopped. Jesus is going to Jerusalem. He's on high call mission. Sound like he didn't have anything else better to do. But here,
0: a poor,
1: blind beggar calls out for mercy. And the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, the Son of Man, the Savior, God, stops. This is what happens when a lost soul suddenly sees his plight, sees his condition, understands his blindness and his poorness and calls out to Christ in mercy the heavens stop. Nothing moves the heart of Jesus more than the heart's cry of need. And the next thing he does is he calls him. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Call him. Call Joel Joel in. Call Marcy, call Ed, call Ted, call Frank, call Shirley, call Jake. By name, call that lost sheep. What an incredible Savior we have. What an incredible scene that this really is. Our Savior stops and looks on to the lowest of the low and calls for Him. And this turns the crowd. The crowd runs to the man, take heart, take courage, get up. He is calling you. Who needs to hear that this morning? Somebody need to hear that, that's struggling and difficulty and tragedy and the world and the politics and everything's going on. And there's, oh my gosh, and it's just, we're spinning and we forgot that we've been called by Jesus Christ. Take heart. The Lord knows your name and has called you. Stand firm. Jesus, the Lord, has called each and every one of us. And throwing off of his close cloak in verse 50, he sprang up and came to to Jesus. He threw off his cloak. Let me tell you something. If you're blind, you don't throw something you need later. Right? You you set that down in arm's length, and you know which arm set it down, (laughs) and what angle and degree. He throws this thing off in hopes that he will never need it again. And think about this in contrast to the rich young ruler. And Jesus says, go, sell all that you have. And the rich young ruler walks away increasingly sad because he had many possessions he was not willing to part. This is all this man has. And he casts it aside like it's nothing. Why? For a chance to come to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? This is incredible as we watch Christ. Christ could have so easily, not even turned his head, just kept walking to Jerusalem and just had a thought and this man could see there didn't need to be any interaction there didn't need to be any of this stopping or calling or having this conversation with Bartimaeus but this is not what our this is what our lord is all about he stops he calls us and he brings us in and he speaks to us and he asks what it is that we need he wants to know our story the gentleness the sweetness of Christ tell me your story tell me your hurts Tell me your brokenness. Tell me your struggle. Cast it upon me. I want to know it. And what an opportunity did he gives Bartimaeus to speak out loud his need. It's a demonstration of faith. And we look at this in the contrast. This is the very same thing he he asked the sons of thunder. What do you want me to do for you? As the sons of thunder tried to manipulate him with this blank check, take him this blank check. What do you want me to do for you? But Bartimaeus doesn't ask for glory or honor because he knows he deserves none. And he's not like the rich young ruler. Where Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He doesn't ask, what do I need to do? Because he knows there is nothing he can do. When we go to Christ, we must be careful that in our heart we are not seeking our own glory or asking even what it is we have to do. But rather to lean into Christ and ask Christ to do for us he fully understands his condition poor and blind and then the blind man said to Jesus Raboni. Yes, we translate that translates that as rabbi a better translation would be rabboni and I think that's significant because rabboni was never really used for a, a human rabbi in ancient literature we see the word rabboni always in a posture of prayer to God God is being called rabboni it is a higher level than just rabbi and so we witness this here as a prayer rabboni let me recover my sight Jesus says to him go your way your faith has made you well again this is translated well and I think it could be translated well but it also could be translated saved the word there is sozo I don't mean to bore us with Greek lexicon lectures, but I just think it's significant. Because two things have taken place here, right? We know that physically he was healed. He was made well by his faith, his demonstration of faith, but he was also saved that, in that moment. He didn't just recover physical sight, but he recovered spiritual sight. His destiny completely changed in that moment. How many of our destinies changed in a moment? Raboni, let me see. Have mercy on me. And he's faithful every time. The mercy comes and it just keeps coming. You ever thought you could you could just like this time I've done it? (laughs) I'm beyond the mercy. There's no way. This is like the 8 millionth time I am begging for the mercy of God. And it just comes by the truckload. It doesn't end. His His mercy is as infinite as he is. Never ending. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he recovered his sight. Stop and think about that. Have you ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen on social media or YouTube, there's now these things where people have been blind or even babies that have been blind and they're able to give them special glasses and do some certain things. It's amazing medically now what we're able to do with even blind people. And when they put these glasses on, the reaction of these people, they begin to weep and sob. They can see their loved ones for the first time. I mean, this man had no life whatsoever. None. And in an instant he can see. What an incredible scene. Absolutely incredible. And spiritually speaking, you ever read the Bible after you were saved? Oh, how sweet! It is when you're reading the Bible and it's like just you and God in the morning and God taps you on the shoulder gently and says, read that last verse again. And you do and you've read it a million times, but this time it just illuminates off the page. And it's a message, a love message from your Creator to you. It changes you. The living Word of God is incredible. How blind we once were to it. But because of the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, it becomes alive. In the cross, and the blood of Christ, and the name Jesus. Once meant death, and now is life. Jesus says to this man, Bartimaeus, go your way. And it says that he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Your way. The way of the disciple is the way of Jesus. The way of the disciple, my way, your way, the church's way, is the way that follows the best it can, as close as it can, right behind Jesus, right on His heels. This is the way of Christ. Of, of, of his disciples. This man is now a disciple. If you were to say to go your way, he goes the way of Christ. There's no other option for a disciple of Jesus Christ. Where should we go, Lord? You are the Messiah. This man starts in the beginning of this passage on the sideline, beside the road. He ends because of the power and the mercy of Christ on the road. He starts out as a bystander, and ends up a disciple. It's curious that Mark names this person. He names him Bartimaeus. tells us that it's the son of Timaeus, which very well could just be the translation of what Bartimaeus means for the benefit of his Greek hearers. But the reason why Mark tells us uh, that this is not just a blind man, but it is Bartimaeus, is because Bartimaeus is a very real human being, just like any other anonymous blind man. But this is somebody who would have had clouts, would have had been well-known in the first century church. Bartimaeus opened his eyes to follow Christ and didn't stop following Christ. It's not unlikely that people that Bartimaeus was definitely alive, as Mark Penley's words. It's not unlikely that as people heard this testimony for the first time, this gospel for the first time, they would have nudged each other. He's talking about Bartimaeus. We're going to see him for lunch on Thursday. He he was known, his testimony was known throughout the land. You picture this. I mean, this guy, talk about the 11th hour. Jesus is right about to go into Jerusalem. He, he is, is giving sight, and boy, does he see some things. Shortly thereafter, Jesus tells three times his disciples about the rejection, the handing over to the Romans, and the rejection, and the mocking, and the spitting, and the beating, and the death. And Bartimaeus was going to witness all of it. And it's more than most likely that this Bartimaeus would have been numbered as one of the 120 who saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. From a poor, blind beggar to significant in the kingdom of God. Do you hear your story? This is mankind. This is what Christ does. A couple of things to point out before we wrap up. How did Bartimaeus know about Jesus of Nazareth? He certainly didn't witness any of the miracles. He knew about Jesus of Nazareth. He came to faith that this was the Messiah not by anything that he saw, but by what he heard. It was the constant testimony of others. It was the constant people coming up to him saying, You should have seen what I saw this Jesus do. Or this is what Jesus has done to me. Don't doubt the power of your testimony. Sometimes it just seems so insignificant. How could my testimony be of any benefit to a blind beggar. It's not worth even saying it. He needs so much more. He needs medical attention. He needs government assistance. He needs all this different stuff. How is my testimony going to benefit a blind beggar? Do not underestimate the working of the Holy Spirit supernaturally in your testimony if they don't witness to Bartimus, when he asks what's going on, the the, the statement that it's Jesus of Nazarene means nothing to him. And the other thing that we see here is this encouragement. This encouragement as, as people are coming to Christ or on the, the fence to Christ or, or just new believers in Christ or struggling in their walk with Christ even if they've been with Christ forever we need to encourage one another and encourage those on the outside trying to come in so that Jesus Christ has stopped and has called for you by name to be an encouragement to one another always reminding each other that Jesus loves them and has called their name. Christ's church and the kingdom of God is made up exclusively of people who are blind, but because of his grace. Now they see. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father. do I even say thank you? I, I, there are no words. That you stopped for me? That you would call for me? That you would show me mercy? Yeah, let me never forget that it Unless you stop, unless you call me, unless you show mercy, I am nothing more than a poor blind beggar reaching into a dead world for hope and solutions. do you walk out and realize that everything that I am I am because you have called me to be. It is all rested upon your mercy and your grace. And we thank you so deeply for saving us. And then you have put together the representation of your kingdom and your works and your cross and death and resurrection and salvation through your church. And as we gather here this morning, a bunch of blind men and women, if not for the mercy of you, we praise you and sing and raise up hallelujah that you are everything and all. Let us not be bashful but be bold and gentle and loving as we witness to the world and tell over and over and over again what it is that Jesus Christ has done for us. And pray and pray and pray and never stop that the Holy Spirit might also reach out to those that are blind right now and allow them to see. It's in your name we pray. Amen.